Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So this morning I went out to buy shoes. And I wasn't totally sure exactly what I was looking for, just running shoes. Mm-hmm. But I think Nike was trying to sell the shoes I bought as the, the greatest running shoes ever. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if they necessarily are because I'm not a runner. But, you know. Uh-huh. But yeah. it worked on you. It did. And peer pressure from my brothers to buy those particular shoes. But oh, yeah? The brand was the greatest shoes, running shoes ever? Well, they're, they're Nikes. So obviously, they're one, one pair of Nikes will be the best running shoes ever. But the question is, is this Nike's greatest uh, running shoe ever? So that's how they okay. sold it. Okay. So I guess uh, it does make you wonder how important marketing is. Mm-hmm. And like you think about Nike, right? Nike is a huge brand. Uh, that sold itself. Like, w- do you remember how it got on the scene? I just remember it had amazing marketing with that that thing. Just do it. Yeah, its logo was really. They pushed their logo as being really obvious. It wasn't just about having their clothing. It was about having the brand attached to it too. Mm. So I guess you might be thinking, are we changing to uh, our, our have a podcast be about shoes? But uh, not exactly. We're we're actually uh, want to think about how important marketing and your elevator pitch is for uh, miniature games. Like Nike, if you just say just do it, yeah, it sells. It, it kind of you kind of figure out what is what is what they're trying to go for mm-hmm. immediately yeah. with their yep. Yeah, just just buy it. That's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, and and you look at like the kind of games that we play, like how, how do you explain the game to another person and, uh, or, or the product or whatever? And how important is that for, for people to go and, you know, buy your products, like your shoes that you just got? Yeah. So I think for actual runners, I think they had a better description than that, that I just didn't understand. But as miniature gamers, we kind of understand that not every miniature game is the same, that they have mm-hmm. a unique element to them. But in order for people to sort of know that, the game makers have to communicate that somehow, like mm-hmm. either maybe through their art, maybe through just like some games even have like taglines to them. Yeah. Because we know the, the never-ending war in the grimdark future. Yeah. So like if, if you think about it, like Nike, I just want to, Bring it back to, to there, like mm-hmm. that swoosh, just for the fact that that swoosh, the Nike swoosh is so cool, uh, it really helps sell the entire brand, right? Yeah. And I did, I did hear like, you know, the, the Nike swoosh seems so simple, but it's so iconic and it kind of sums up, you know, when you're talking about sports, what you want, right? It's fast, it's whatever, right? It kind of, it kind of brings you in immediately, right? Yeah, and it's easily recognizable. Has, the shape yeah. has a sleek look, yet it's still like clean and clean looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously miniature gaming brands don't have the money to go and, and pay pay amazing marketers to come up with such a simple but iconic uh, icon. But in the context of miniature games, there's the same kind of thing, right? Like you hear a lot in terms of marketing about or, or when you're, let's say, you know, creating a company or, or, or trying to pitch something, you need an elevator pitch, right? 
mm-hmm. whenever you have some someone who's coming around, like like miniature gamers, whether you're selling to a a, a new miniature gamer or an old one, um, both of them are you only have a certain amount of time to tell them why this new thing that you're talking about or that you want to sell is worth it, right? Nike is just do it. The shoes that you bought, they're just the best runners in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why you should buy it, right? What else do you well, need? Never, even though I never want to go running, exactly. Yeah. So for That's miniature good. gamers, yeah. Lots of people who buy miniatures may never put them on the table or yeah. they may not get that far because it's just part of the box of shame. But hey, yeah, the company so, got their money. So you know, if I never go running, Nike still got me to buy a running shoe twice as expensive as regular shoes. So if we were to bring that through, let's say to the biggest miniature gaming uh, company in the world, Games Workshop, that makes a lot of sense. When you think about uh, Warhammer 40,000, uh, right. what is their elevator pitch? So I guess I don't think we're going to start with the biggest one, but I would almost just call it like mainstream. I, they don't say that, but like every, all the words they use are just like grim, epic battle. It's it's battles. It's just space battles in the future with giant armies. Mm, okay, so I would say I would disagree. Actually, yeah. I would say the okay. one big thing is not like like the elevator pitch for nike part of it is that just that cool swoosh mm-hmm. it is space space marines it's really nice models fun nice models right mm-hmm. you think about even though they're they pitch themselves um externally or, or to their base as this game that you can get into when they're pitching a new person and and even internally, they've they said they are a, a model company, not a game company. Their yes. their elevator pitches look at these cool models that are easy to make, right? Easy to build. Go buy them. So and, and you will get a big cool looking army. Yeah, and build a cool looking army. It's not even in this cool grim dark world. Mm-hmm. It's not even about the game. In fact, I would say the game is incidental just so that people have a, a reason to continue to collect, right? It's like, oh, and then once you've built your cool army, why don't you go play this random game that we have? It's, it's build a cool-looking army and have some reason to show it off. Yes, I really think that that is their pitch. When you, so let, let, let's... Uh, yeah, I know their tagline. Like, they do have a tagline, right? Mm-hmm. Grim, what's it? In the grim darkness of the future, there is only war. Yes. Right? But that is selling, like, the fluff and the theme and everything. It's not about the gameplay, mm-hmm. right? So it's not, they're not a game company. They're, yeah. like, a, so if you look at, let's see, where is it? Well, yes, it's it's a future, it's futuristic armies they're selling, and there's less yeah. of a tagline for as you're showing Age of Sigmar, mm-hmm. but yeah. So if we look at the War War Warhammer site, it's really just all about the models, not about the games or whatever, right? Yep. You, like, there's nothing about this game is super awesome. No, and there's whatever. nothing about how each faction plays. Like other other games will talk about their factions mm-hmm. and what gameplay makes them unique 
but uh-huh. GW was like, here's these cool looking like orcs. The orcs are yeah, just- who yeah exactly who cares about you know the how they play or whatever what matters is how cool these guys look and how they're fighting to the death isn't that awesome and and here look at all these alternative parts you can like customize your models with like the sprue extra three pieces that's what they talk about they don't talk about its play abilities the their main tagline i just went just went to their like sales pitch for their game Mm-hmm. In so the grim darkness of the future, there is there, only war. Know, some sort of bug. Website poorly designed, so I have to pop up in front of it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but the dark millennium, right? Yeah. Uh, there's like there's text so like fight for the future of humanity, but mm-hmm. this is not. This is all about theme. This is not about the actual gameplay or how it's fun or whatever. And then the, the first like real like thing. Okay. So what am I supposed to do? It's collect your army. Yep. And they talk about mighty battle, mighty armies fighting each other. Giant armies in a, yeah. Take the source to what they just said. In fact, their main pitch is exactly like you would say miniature, like it's more akin to like, um, what do you call it? Car, like other, model plane sets or things like that, right? Except that it's in this cool fantasy world. Like you look at their steps to play, which is technically the steps you need to do. Build, paint, play. Collect, build, game, paint. Watch. Play is fourth yeah, in I know. your list. Down the list. Right? And technically it's in the center, but like oh, the buy. first three <laughs> things you do is collect. Oh, yeah. Collect buy. Uh-huh. Yeah, collect is your big words. And then, yeah, yeah. So buy build paint oh and once you're done that well you're like oh what do how do i gonna show this off then you play mm-hmm. and play then you have read game which is literally video games and watch so and like literally watch is go look at our advertising materials <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah well, we'll back, i don't like even it. know what this watch thing is it's called look at our our media so you get encouraged to buy more stuff and start the cycle again all right. So only after that do you get to how to play. Yep. So all of that stuff, collecting your armies, cool army. This is like cool art and theme and how cool are these armies? Wouldn't you want to collect a giant giant army? Uh, go buy all our models, build and paint them. Okay, now that you're done that, now that you've already bought in basically to Warhammer 40,000, why don't you go and play now? Yep. So that's, a, that's the thing. Their sales pitch is not anything about their game. No, it's not about the game experience. It's not about any of that. Nope. Yeah, so... Um, and I guess when you hear people talk about the game as well, they talk about all the cool shit they've built. They don't talk about like their game experience. Yeah. Like with many games actually, you've played, we talk uh-huh. and you relay to people like, oh my God, you make, this guy made this move against me, but then uh-huh. I, I, I almost countered it in the end, but then he beat me because like, I didn't, never saw it coming. In 40k, uh-huh. you don't hear people talk like that. You're just like, dude, I just bought this cool thing, or like this other guy just bought this super epic model and did a great job using it. That's what you hear about them talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was just thinking about um, the podcasts and YouTubers that I hear getting into Warhammer 40,000. They are they do exactly that. They don't even think about the game. They're like, I bought all of these miniatures and these are like i don't know magic or video game players right who are bored out of their minds because they're at home and they realize they don't actually want to play video games 
24-7. So yep. they're like, okay, I need something else to do differently. And then they pick up Warhammer 40,000. And what they talk about, like um, there's this uh, pretty, I guess, decently popular YouTuber called Pleasant Kenobi. And he started doing um, War Machine, not War Machine, sorry, Warhammer Wednesdays. And yeah. he literally started just from painting. And he did that for like at least a month or more about just, and he played before, but it's like, he got into it and he's like, I'm doing this. Warhammer Wednesdays starts with not even talking about the game. It's literally, this is fun. I'm collecting an army. It literally, this, the number one hobby for Warhammer is collecting an army. Collect your cool army. And then only after months of collecting his army, was he like, you know, what? I'll go play some games now. And now he talks a little bit about the actual gameplay. Mm -hmm. So GW's got Age of Sigmar as the other flagship game as well. Uh -huh. Do you think that, that basically has the same pitch? Yeah, it's just, it's just fantasy. Yep. Okay, that's that's what I was thinking. It's which aesthetic do you like more? Yep. But the same. Do, do they say? So really, even though their pitch line, like we all remember, because we you know grew up playing this, like as the grim darkness of the future, there there is only war. But their actual pitch line is collect an army that is literally that's their pitch line they're like look at these cool models collect an army yeah we went to the top of their web page and if you take a thesaurus to what they wrote that's what it says yep oh and uh, you and the steps we just listed that's the yeah, steps are probably no different for age of sigmar i would honestly say yeah. age of sigmar looks cooler to have a big army of age of sigmar so oh fantasy guys no just how they made the armies look if oh because they're like a newer line and yeah, they I mean, redid Ad, the entire thing i mean i think admech looks cooler in, in any age of sigmar army but if you took out admech it's just like oh yeah age of sigmar just looks cooler okay let's see what their their pitch line is for age of sigmar do they have the same the fantasy or? miniatures game they're literally pitch at age of sigmar as the fantasy the miniatures game this is meaningless well, These words are meaningless. Well, I was going to say that a big appeal of the GW games is that they're mainstream. That if you don't want to feel like some weirdo outsider, and I mean, you've uh -huh. already become an gamer, but if you want to feel at least slightly accepted and you go into GW, there's going to be people there who are doing the same thing uh -huh. as you. So I think Because that's, they do reach out into other games, right? The, yeah. They really because have, like, video games and things like that. So people kind of know about it. It's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. This is... This is about the first pitch for, for Age of Sigmar, if we're looking at their actual Age of Sigmar website, is art and the world. And the fact that it says the fantasy miniatures game, it's actually pitched a little bit differently. Yeah. But I'm sure like once you get over the, the thing, like there's no pictures of, I'm surprised. Um, well, there's lots and lots of art and there's very little. Whoa, this is very different. It's not about collecting and building. This is actually very interesting. Yeah, like they talk about going to the army builder quite early on. Enter and the Broken Realms. New to Age of Sigmar faction realms. Download the rules. Featured yeah, articles. So they would actually, like, if the factions is early on, it, it would mean you actually kind of care about how the factions play differently. Which maybe, I, maybe, maybe you have to go to New to Age of Sigmar. Build, paint, and play. Once you get to the new... It does mm -hmm. say overview, build, paint, and play. So play is definitely the last. It's it's the whatever, and then they have pictures of the stuff, right? One third of but, the, the hobby. Huh, that's interesting that they're... 
I wonder if Age of Sigmar is doing as well as 40K, and I wonder if maybe that, that, that is an actual problem, that they're just marketing is, is not as good. Let's go back to the Warhammer 40,000 one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you have the same kind of thing right, with art, Dark Millennium, but like literally, here's the thing that, that made me think about it. The first, you know, picture besides the, this thing Oh, is the army, like a fit, real army, yeah. not just a piece of art with an army. Yes, yeah, exactly. The There's a picture of the models, and yeah. then it goes into collect, build, paint, play, right? Mm-hmm. This pitch yeah. seems that much so, so, yeah. And after that, there's just more pictures of models, whereas the Age of Sigmar page is lots and lots of art and less models. Yeah, so I wonder if the reason is because Age of Sigmar, um, they're trying to sell people who and honestly maybe there's maybe the marketers for warhammer 40k is just better than the ones for age of sigmar quite possibly <laughs> or or maybe their idea is that they're trying to push this fantasy world because you know they blew up their old world so mm-hmm. they're trying to sell people who are like returning players on this world is just as cool as our as your old world in fact it's cooler yeah because the Age of Sigmar page is really up to speed because they've got the broken realms with all the Medusa people as like some of the mm. art at the very top. Like, don't get me wrong, this art is beautiful, but this is literally yeah. selling you about a setting, not a game. Yeah, which I guess maybe the fantasy people who really want like to play in a fantasy setting, that's what they care about. That's re- <laughs> This is maybe so we- weird. Yeah. Did you see this one? It's like fantasy, fantasy art, fantasy art, fantasy art, fantasy art. And then there's like guys with guns. Get the guns. And I was like, whoa, this this looks like a like a 40k RB, not an Age of Sigma RB. A bunch yeah. of rat rat people with with machine guns in a Yeah, Gatling oh, guns, yeah. yeah. Anyhow. That's, that's Who actually kind of weird. I'm trying to sell okay. the setting for Age of Sigma. Yeah, so so they actually do have a very different you would have thought it would be the same. And I don't know if this is incidental and they just haven't updated their Age of Sigmar thing, but the Age of Sigmar is literally seems to be selling the setting, not the, not build, collect, paint, play. Yeah, that's, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Okay. So I guess if we're so already do, talking so about... So do you think, do you think Age of Sigmar is doing well on that? Do you, and do you think it's really just because of who they're pitching to? So 40K is basically their get into the hobby and Age of Sigmar is like, you love worlds, fantasy worlds. And is there something about fantasy, fantasy, the genre, where you want to pitch people based on um, the world that they're playing in, that world building, that fantasy world, as opposed to just miniatures? Yeah, I think fantasy is more about like the setting because it's more easy to understand and less about just having a cool army. Like the future is all about just the rule of cool, mm-hmm. but the other is more harkening to the past, where there's you expect like a history to it. Ah, uh, okay. So, so maybe fantasy players are more into history and world building than uh, science fiction or whatever. Yeah, I would or think so. General, you talk, yeah, because you hear more about like 40k players being like, "Oh, what's the new like awesome army that's going to win me mm-hmm. games?" and they go buy that. Whereas you never hear of like fantasy and Age of Sigmar players being like, oh, man, this codex got so powerful, I have to pick this up. Or maybe we just don't know those Age of Sigmar players. Maybe not, but... 
but yeah, maybe it's true that that people that are into fantasy care more about um, the world and the the story, right? Mm-hmm. And you think about, um, I don't know where the fantasy genre came from. At least modern day, it is all about story and the world and these adventurers and things like that, right? That's where the context comes from, like Lord of the Rings or or I don't know D and D. And all of these other books that I want to name, but I don't remember because I'm not actually that into fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. All right. That's, that's an actual interesting difference. Um, do you think that Adrian Singmore is as ex- successful as, as 40K? We know that the numbers are not, but at the same time, Adrian Singmore was a reboot, right? Yeah. I think given that ninth edition just came out, it's hard to compare them because people just have become much more enthusiastic about it with there being all new stuff to buy. I guess we'll, we, we won't know. We don't know their numbers. We, we kind of do know the numbers that interesting more to be doing really well. So maybe their, their move to pitch the world was really important in getting people to buy their games. Yeah. Could have been. Yeah, so they, they, I guess keeping on the topic of GW, they also have their whole series of boxed games. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good name for them. Because like it invokes the fact that they're they're quick to play. Mm, a game in a box. Yeah, basically. But you don't have to go buy all these accessories. You don't have to build all the terrain. That you've got everything in one place. That's that's the tagline for those essentially. Yeah. Because they've got. I think the epitome of it is basically Warcry at this point. Because Warcry uses, unlike the Underworlds, which I've now started mm-hmm. calling it that. I don't know why. But like Shadespire? Hmm? You mean? Yeah. You mean okay. Shadespire? <laughs> the proper name, yes. The proper name is Shadespire. We're yeah. all civilized peoples. Okay. But like Shadespire yep. uses boxes that you move around, but at least in Warcry, you're you're using proper measurements. So it's mm-hmm. it's a proper war game, but it's all much more neatly packaged and much quicker to play. Like the whole thing's just about ease of play. So we're looking at the Warhammer Underworlds thing right now. Yep. The hunt has evolved. The game. These ones are actually more about the game. It's interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Right? When you have a, a ultimate competition online. Okay, whatever. Well, it Honestly, is I think this site kind of sucks. But they are talking about the game. But this, this, these words are basically meaningless. When I look at this, I don't... I still don't know what this game is about. The hunt has evolved. What the ultimate competitive miniatures game? Okay, so they're 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 pitch it as the ultimate competitive miniatures game. So this is pitched to gamers. Warhammer Underworld Shadespire is pitched to gamers. Where it's like if you want com- competition, which I feel like is total BS. This is not the most whatever, but well, it's more game. Okay. better than forty k. <laughs> That's true. All right, and then you have uh, what was the other one? You said Warcry. All right, skirmish combat in the mortal realms. That's their tagline. Again, this game, this is pitched as a game as opposed to 40k and Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar is pitched as a world. Warcry, uh, 40k is pitched as collect, build your army. Um, and yeah. Warcry, though, is pitched as skirmish combat in the mortal realms. Yeah, so the first two words, you get that the game's not giant and that you're actually going to play games <clears throat> as, the, yeah. as combat. You're actually going to fight, as opposed to, eh, fighting's optional in the bigger games. 
Yeah, this this sales pitch is to gamers. So whereas I guess 40K would be pitched to just general people who want to go and start collecting miniatures, Warcry and Age of yeah. And Warcry says, fight thrilling tactical skirmishes with only a handful of models and a fraction of the space taken by a traditional war game. So there's two things when you look at this. This is selling to actual war gamers. Yeah, selling to people who want to play. Yeah. Yep. People who've played before and are like, oh, you play a small game. So my question is, do you think this is pitched uh, to try and get back a lot of those people that moved on to smaller skirmish games? Or do you think this is pitched to board gamers or to both maybe? So, hmm, I think it's pitched towards actual war gamers who want to get games in. Whereas yeah. Underworld, so, sorry, Shadespire is more pitched to board gamers. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because this one, like, this means nothing to someone who's not a, in war gaming. Fight thrilling tactical skirmishes with only a handful of models and a fraction of a space taken by a traditional war game. You yeah, wouldn't you even know why that matters if you didn't already play war games. Yeah, they've used the word skirmish over and over at the very beginning of their website, which means nothing to like a board gamer, but to actual tabletop gamers, it means everything about the game. Yeah, it sums up the game a lot, right? I don't know why they're super tactical. I haven't played this game. It's it's fine, but fair enough. This is their this is how they sell it, right? And if you can sell it on this, a standalone game system. So this is literally pitched. To war gamers, everything in this these lines is pitched to say, "Listen, you don't want to build giant armies. You don't want to get like super deep into this ridiculous kind of world where you have to, to build thousands of points. Um, why don't you play this small game? I don't. And you've been going on to these other skirmish games. Come back to us. We have made the best one where you can use the miniatures that you love because you know you love our miniatures. I, they didn't say that, but." Yep. I don't know. I just assume that's that's the general kind of pitch, right? At least this is the, the pitch that I, I've I've heard when people talk about the game as well, right? Because mm-hmm. this is another thing. Um, so, so honestly, that's probably the best pitch out of every single one of the GW games we've looked at so far. They actually have a character at the very beginning that tells you what you're getting into. I think this is not as good as the 40k one. Nope. Oh, okay, as opposed to the build. Whatever. Collect, build, and play. That literally sums up what you're doing. Yep. And then it shows you a big picture of exactly what you're doing. Although you'll never be that good when you start off. <laughs> All right. But I think that's the best pitch. Remember a picture, like to me, pictures paint a thousand words, right? I think the age of Sigmar one is a little bit weak, but maybe it's good for pitching people on the world of age of Sigmar. Well, like when you look at the age of Sigmar, uh, uh, website, you don't even know that it's a miniatures game. This could be a video game. This could literally just be the summary of a book series right? The Age of Sigmar page. It's about yeah. the different factions in, in, your, in your world, right? Yeah, and then you have beautiful game. artwork. Mm-hmm. Who knows what it could be? It could be a phone game. It could be, yeah. Yeah, it could it be, be anything. Yep. And, and, and maybe that's what they're actually going for. They're, that, like they have to, whereas 40K is an established property, so everyone, I guess, kind of, not everyone, but like a lot of the people that are going will kind of know the world of 40K, and so they're like, no, you're, you came here for the miniatures and, and why you want to start collecting miniatures so we'll sell you on that. Whereas maybe Age of Sigmar is like a slow play. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, honestly, but that's just what I see. This one, I think it is good, but it is much more targeted at a certain group, right? 
Oh yeah, it's targeted at, like returning players. Yeah. So, and then the last one I I, I wanted to kind of take a little bit of a look at is uh, there other well, you can look at Middle Earth. Middle Earth might be interesting because this is this is pitched to fans of Lord of the Rings, right? Yep. So you. Why did they always ask for cookies? All right. Welcome to Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game, the exciting hobby of collecting, painting, and gaming in the world of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Yeah, they were. They say like words related to Lord of the Rings over. They say Middle Earth, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit. They they list yep. all the all that. Doesn't talk about yep. how the game plays. It's just and gaming is last again. This is the same pitch that they had in 40k, right? Collecting and painting it and and also gaming. But in the world, right? So you have the theme, right? The, the important part, and it and, and it kind of plays out at least with my friend who is uh, one of my friends who is really into um, getting back really into to miniatures, and he's like, I love the movies because surprisingly he's never read the books, uh, but uh, he he loves the movies, he loves the world, and he collects these these models and paints them before to basically play in the world, right? In fact, yeah. I'm not even sure he's super into the miniature gaming part. It's the collecting and building these armies, right? Again, of the Lord of the Rings. And then it's like, well, you have all these guys. We've got to go play some games so that I can show them off, right? And then that's the same kind of pitch as 40K. Yeah, and I encourage him to learn to paint. It's like, well, if I'm going to own this thing, yeah. I think it's really cool. I'm going to learn to paint. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And um, <laughs> where to buy? Is the most... After showing a bunch of pictures of the, it doesn't even tell you how to play the game. Doesn't like matter. you no. don't care about the game. What you care about is about these miniatures. Look how cool these miniatures is. Our starting box of how many you get. You have mm-hmm. a gallery of miniatures, and then where to buy. So this is again not about the game. This is just about playing in Lord of the Rings. Like look at these. Look, there's Gollum and Sauron and. Smog, right? This, these are the miniatures that, that that you loved in the books and the the movies, and now go and buy them. <laughs> they don't show the generic people that make up most of your army. They just show you, yeah, your your best friends. And it, so, so to me, like they call it Middle Earth strategy battle game, mm-hmm. but the the way they they they're selling it is Middle Earth miniatures, right? So again, I. You know, probably assuming like when you have a property like this, it makes sense that they would just pitch trying to get into the miniatures. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then when you talked about small games, you have Necromunda. Yeah, which has been around forever, so you think they would know how to market it. All right, a complete game in a box. Again, this is a different yep. sales pitch, right? Oh, no, this is for a specific product, though. Oh, it's the start of Grab a box, assemble yeah. the models, and then all you need to to do so this is again necromundus about the game yep necromunda wow it's all about dark uprising just one specific game okay i'm just wondering who this person is i see her like do a lot of demos yep for 40k but i don't think she's actually i've seen her in like demos for other games too so, this, is her job just like to demo games? Oh, that's supposed to become now. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
All right. You just be a telegenic person. You get out there and. Yep, just read the teleprompter. Mm -hmm. Teleprompter? I'm sure she asked her to write her own things. You think that they have enough money to go and be like, tell? maybe they do. Maybe it's 40K. But I feel like usually she'd just be like, okay, this is the game. I'm just going to tell you how to play. That's too much money. Really? I don't know. She's become. Is she really big? I don't know. I don't go and watch Are you sure that the only reason you know her is because we literally scrolled through three different pictures of her demoing the game? And you're like, now I know. And now I saw her name. So now I know her name is Becca Scott. No, I've seen her demo other stuff. Yeah, that's why. That's why. I I saw like some board games. I haven't seen. I don't usually watch 40K demos because I don't. I'm not that invested. (laughs) Fair enough. I was invested before you. Is she always teleprompting? Reading? Scripts even for other games? Not wooden, so I don't think so. Anyways, who who has time to write like <laughs> write how to play a game? Well, I don't, her videos usually aren't very long. I don't think. Mm, just the, the literally like she's literally just like the miniatures or whatever version game of like oh yeah I don't actually I don't know I was gonna say like a a, a uh, like a sports star or something where you get them to say oh yeah Michael Jordan just what is it, Air Jordans or whatever, he just says one word and then, but I guess it's not because he's actually demoing everything, so I don't know. It's interesting. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I I have no idea. This is like... This is very creative, their webpage. Yeah, besides the selling of the Dark Uprising, which says two boxes and fight in the Underhive, uh... A long time I don't know. Before. I think this, this is a little bit more muddled. Yeah, unless you start watching the video, which is at the top of the page, but most people don't want to click a video at the top of a web page. Anyhow. Maybe people like it. I don't know. It says, box that contains everything you need to fight vicious battles in the Underhive. Between... So, so the idea of, of buying everything and then playing is definitely in this thing, right? For this, this product. It's, that's a good sales pitch, right? Everything you need in the box. And there, and like the whole scenery is a big part of their web page too, like showing how there's this cool underhive place that you're going into. The whole yeah. the scenery is very, very. I feel fun. like there's some sort of false advertising here, though, because you know the it, the implication is that this is how your game will look like when you take it out of the box, everything you need. But to make it look like this, you also need. 20 years of painting experience and all the paints and brushes and everything. <laughs> so it says, you know, it contains everything you need to fight. Sure. But it won't look like this. It'll all be gray with your glue mismatching and everything. And people like, and, and, and not lining up. Paint. Sorry. And your craft store and your lack of gap filling. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, if you, if you've been painting or, or making miniatures for at least 10 years, maybe it can look like this in the future. And you've watched lots of YouTube videos. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to think about what my hobby supplies would cost to, to replace. It's not a good thought. Mm. Just don't tell the new people what it would cost <laughs> to get the airbrush and all the wash washers and then the sealers you need to put on it. So it doesn't just chip apart the first time you put it in the box. Anyway. Uh, all right. So, so this is kind of interesting. I don't know in terms of Necromunda as well. O- overall, it's pitching the Necromunda as a, as a game system, but for this product, it's a pretty good pitch, right? And, and yeah, this is the thing. A... Yep. Because Necromunda is about developing your army in a sort of a campaign setting versus mm-hmm. your opponents. But yeah, they, this is they some... don't... 
Yeah, this is something where where it's interesting to to when you think about how what they're trying to sell on the website, which is buy this box, you get into the game, right? You, all, all you need is to buy a box and then you get into the game. They don't mention that the reason why you, all you need is this box is because this box is like two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but uh, that's their pitch, right? Whereas when you talk about uh, gamers, right? When you have this, this, you know, like uh, miniature gaming is a very communal kind of uh, thing where people, um, you know, have to, you, you have to get people into the game with your elevator pitch. People's elevator pitch, I don't know if it's going to be just buy a box and you can get into the game because they literally probably already bought this box and they're trying to drag you in. Their pitch is going to be slightly different. They're going to say, why should you uh, come and play games with me every week or every month for like the next year, right? That's yeah. what they're trying to sell you on. And is, uh, what would it be for Necromunda? This, I don't think this does it, right? This is not going to help a Necromunda player get another person into Necromunda. No, if you set this webpage to someone, they would have no idea what they were getting into. Yeah. Besides, I guess, the look, right? Yeah, like if they show... Again, art and whatever stuff sells, you know, sells games, especially with with, uh, Games Workshop games. Yep. But what what would a Necromunda player then go and say? Like, campaign setting, right? Where things build and you get to make your band grow and be stronger as you try and take over the, the scummy underbelly of the Underhive. Yeah, so it seems like it would have been better if they showcased like pictures of the gangs because the game is based around like what you do with your gang. The, so they do have, they don't have pictures of the gangs. No, they don't. They do have pictures of their symbols. Yeah, so very early on. Their, in their gang web- signs, basically. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty early on on their page. But I don't think it really showcases what they look like, which matters true. quite a bit. You have to get to Wanted. They have this weird Wanted, wanted poster of each each, I assume, each faction. Which which might not be bad, because it does show off the aesthetic of each of the factions, so yeah. it's not the worst way to do it. It's almost easier to see them in the, in the art form than it is in their painted form. Yeah, it's a close-up on upper bodies. It's like a bust of each faction. So again, this is trying to uh, sell people on the artwork in the world, right? Which, which makes sense when you th- talk about campaigns. Um, it makes sense that they try and sell you on the world and the setting as opposed to just trying to sell you on the miniatures, right? Because campaign, you're trying to get it. They want you to get invested in your miniatures or, or, or your, your gang, right? So as opposed to saying just, you know, just collect it for the miniatures, they're actually not. They're saying get invested in your gang and build up your gang to be like the strongest gang in the Underhive. Yep. All right. So the website's lent, the layout of that site actually kind of lends itself towards that. It's not the worst. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do you think about Games Workshop, how they sell their games as a whole? It seems quite strong. Oh, yeah. That, that webpage, like, you kind of, it. the pages are all well-oriented towards who their consumer is going to be. Mm, yeah they they kind of like it looks like they have a real marketing team <laughs> it's yeah, not asking. just the guys that are creating the game just being like putting it out there and whatever right they have a they have a who they're trying to sell to and then they pitch it yeah it's not like a catalog it's like oh here's the catalog of everything we have to sell it's more they're selling an image which yep. is what marketing i guess is about 
Yeah, so I guess Games Workshop is like the Nike of the miniature gaming sphere. Mm-hmm. Although, I, yeah, obviously not as good as Nike. All right. Um, okay, so <clears throat> now that is an interesting in terms of, of, of the business. How about, I guess, the other games that, that we know, right? Um, and I think, we, I think I mentioned that sometimes the pitch of the sale is not the same as the pitch of the game. So I want oh, to talk to... So like getting people to buy in, what you tell them to get them to yeah. buy in the game is different than what you would tell your friends to come play with you. Yes, to get stuck in, especially when you're talking about um, something like 40K, where it's, it's about collecting. To that, to, to Games Workshop, it's about building and collecting, and they don't even really care if you play the game or not, right? Yep. So one thing I want to, to say is in, in direct contrast is Frostgrave, right? Now, Frostgrave is an Osprey uh, game, right? So, and if you want to look, sorry? Yeah, they publish it on behalf of the maker. No, they, they, it's, it's an Osprey game. They're the ones that got Joseph McCullough to uh, make the game, right? Oh, okay. I thought he made it and then sold it through them. Okay. Nope. The other way around. Uh, It's they, they, he worked at, at Frost, at not Frostgrave. He worked at Osprey. And then one of the guys there was like, well, uh, I, I learned this from an interview, right? Um, one of the guys there was uh, apparently just said, all right, you, you have some ideas about how to make a game, go and make one. And Frostgrave was what he made. Okay. Now, this, like this is the website for Frostgrave from Osprey. Oh, no. Oh, no. This, this is, is literally what you're talking about, right? The yep. pitch for Frostgrave on their website is not a pitch at all. It is a catalog. It's like Amazon, but not as well yes. organized as Amazon. Yeah. And maybe, maybe let's, let's, let's see if you go to Osprey Games. Maybe, maybe there will be a good pitch for them. No, it's literally just their products. It's like, so, it looks a lot like Amazon, yeah. So they literally do not have uh, a pitch on their website. Yeah. So you, product is in stock. That is all. So it looks like Osprey actually didn't do a super good job in terms of marketing for their game. Why did Frostgrave take off? It did not have the backing of a giant, you know, like Games Workshop marketing juggernaut. Yet we're playing it, and, and for us at least, we're playing it more than other games. So I think it probably got out through the community, not through through the the actual maker itself pushing it. I think like they probably reached out to have people in the community play it and then put out content about it and then people became exposed to it. So, they don't... so, so we talked about how you have two different pitches, right? The community pitch mm-hmm. and you have the, um, the company pitch and Frostgrave's uh, growth was entirely based on the community pitch. Yep. That the game was good and all these people, you know, some people picked it up and then they decided they wanted to get all their friends to play it. Yep. Yeah, so um, 
what is that pitch? You know, we talked about that. So it seems like even if you're a game, if you're a really good game, you don't, and, and again, this is a problem with Frostgrave is that they're selling, they're not selling a, a miniatures and, and collecting, right? So actually they are selling only a game. There's like, there is miniatures connected to it, but that's literally from another company that is like partnered with, with it Osprey, came, right? It came far after, the miniatures came far after the game became well-known. Yeah, so they literally are only pitching a game. Mm-hmm. And we look, you, you know, if, if it was Games Workshop, they would probably have a beautiful website and they'd have a good blurb and they would say, this is the thing that we want to do. But for, for uh, Frostgrave, now their site doesn't do it. If we go back to, you know, the little, what do you call it, that, the Amazon blurb, their blurb is, users in the USA and Canada, please <laughs> select your location at the top of this page to see price in your currency. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's that. Sorry, that's that. That's what I thought the main blurb was. Well, but actually, there's two blurbs. There's the pitch on the front cover, which is they have the name Frostgrave, and then underneath their pitch is Fantasy War Games in the Frozen City. Mm-hmm. So the same thing. So this is a pitch like in the grim darkness of the future, there's only war, but this is much a much better summation of what Frostgrave is. Yes, yeah, generic fantasy gaming almost. It's in the frozen city. Now here's the question. Well, if you don't build a frozen city, you don't have a frozen city. Yeah, so so here's the thing uh that I think really pitched Frostgrave and you tell me if uh I'm right or wrong. Um okay, so so there's there's a product list where it just talks about the world, right? Um halfway through I don't know. It does say, amongst the frozen ruins of an ancient city, wizards battle in the hopes of discovering the treasure of a fallen empire. So this is a theme-based sale, right? The next one is, in, the fa- in this fantasy skirmish war game, each player takes on the role of a wizard from one of 10 magical schools and builds his band of followers. So this is descriptive. Do you think if you told your friend those two lines, they would get excited about the game? It's Pretty descriptive, but oh, I would say no. This is no, not what I told. No, Kelsey. because what you get more excited about is about building up your wizard, like mm-hmm. building up your wizard and building up your collection of spells and everything else. Yeah, they don't, really, they don't get into that until halfway through, as you said. Yeah, and so the idea of like you learn spells and you cast spells to beat your opponents, and all the wizards have different spells, and that's where like you feel like a wizard, right? You're a wizard, Harry, is the pitch for this game. And yeah, you're fighting other wizards. And you have these spells going back and forth that affect who wins. Yeah, it's different than other campaign games where you're all about building up everyone in your warband. And here it's like, no, you're, you're the wizard and everybody else is your, your bag carriers and your mindless soldiers. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to build yourself up as the wizard. Yeah. So that to me is like the pitch but that's not the pitch that they gave no not several sentences yeah so here to me is actually what sells the game so the art though for the the art exactly it's the art you look at that cover and that is beautiful art by dimitri burmack and it sells the game this art, I think, is what sold Frostgrave, at least to the initial public. And it literally, like when we talk about it, two wizards fighting it out, 
Yep. In a frozen city, this That's part it. sums it up. And you feel like one of these wizards is the idea. Yeah, and that actually sounds fun. So Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. to me, I'm Frostgrave, like with if they didn't have amazing art, I don't think they would have been able to sell it. No, nobody would have understood what it was. Yeah. So I think that that, that is that is their pitch. It's like this one beautiful splash of, of art. And it's not about, again, remember they're, they're, they're selling the game, not the miniatures. So they don't care about showing you the miniatures at all, actually. Right. Yeah. And when I first started playing, I didn't even understand that that was what the game was about. It's like, Oh, you should give all your characters names and then they all can like get gear. I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. But, but when you, realize you got in, you got in from when we talked to you about the game. Did you see this art? to get into the game? Maybe. I probably saw it, but I didn't concentrate too much on it because I was more just trying to build the warband. I'm like, oh, go build the warband. It's like, okay, step one, go look at this piece of eight and a half by 11 that you have to fill out boxes on. Mm. So we basically dragged you kicking and screaming into this game. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I had no idea what I was about to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what miniature gaming friends are for. Exactly. All right. But but to me, when I got this game is I, I heard about it. I, I, I heard, you know, I just read about different games all, all uh, randomly. And I didn't care about playing until literally I saw this art. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Because I heard about it. and I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. A skirmish game, whatever. You have the school, there's wizards and everything. But it didn't really click with me until I saw this piece of art of two wizards fighting. And this is the question is that I don't, so, so I think the there's a lot of good things with Frostgrave too, but I'm not sure the front cover sells the game as well as this art. It's similar, but like, I'm just saying I really like this piece of artwork. Nope, I would agree that the art doesn't sell it as well, but at least the community now knows what the game is, so it's less yeah. important than Frostgrave. That's too. true. That is true. So that's interesting. The All right. The message. <clears throat> okay, so. That's for us, Grave. Um, do you want to go over any more games? I, of course, there's lots of games we can go over, um, but I, I think we're, we're we're getting long in the tooth in terms of how long we went. So, do we want to go for maybe one more game and then finish off with a little about um, our learnings from all this kind of stuff? Sure, we'll go for maybe one more that deviates from these. So, if I said that the pitch of the game was easy, what game would you think that is? War. What? Uh, Card game. Is it miniature game? Easy? Sorry. Everything about it's easy. Just like you don't even... It doesn't even have to describe any part of it. As a miniature game? Easy easy describes the whole thing. Easy. Yeah. As a miniature game or just general game? As a miniature game. We're talking about miniature games. Okay. Uh, that's why I said war. <laughs> it's an easy game. Go fish, actually, I guess is an easy game. Uh for I think it's Warcry is the, the easiest game I know. What what, yeah. what game are you thinking about? Oh, I'm thinking X Wing. Yes, that's actually true. Easy to get into. Plus Star Wars. Star Wars and Easy. And and the biggest thing with Easy is you so don't have to do the collect and build. 
Yeah, exactly. Or you do the collecting, but you don't do the building and painting. Yeah, I think this does bring us back to the thing about what you said about what gets people to buy the game and what you get other people to play the game. Mm-hmm. So the description to for to get someone to buy the game is that it's Star Wars and then someone will buy it having no idea what they're about to do. They're like, here's a Star Wars game, fly spaceships. And then to get your friends in, you're like, this is easy. You don't have to paint them. You don't have to like build terrain. You don't have to do anything. Just You can just play this because it's easy. Mm. Are easy. So yeah. the, pitch, the pitches there are totally different. It's true because that game is literally pitched for people who don't care about the hobby portion of miniature gaming right yep even frostgrave um is is uh you know it's it's for skirmish well it's for war gamers right um kind of has to be because (laughs) you have to know what miniatures are to even play with them right Mm -hmm. but um but uh, x-wing is about the actual uh getting cool X-Wing, well, Star Wars uh, miniatures on the table. You don't have to paint them. You don't have to do whatever. And, yeah. And, you know, people, like, have been buying little miniatures of X-Wings and TIE Fighters forever. They just never had a game to get into, to get more obsessed about it. Yep. Now they've got a reason to fly ships around to go, like, (laughs) (laughs) And say pew pew yes yeah literally one of uh our friends uh you know back when we were all into x-wing they bought that like that was easy button but it had the x-wing's laser sound to play with x-wing yes i guess it's the pass your turn i'm uh-huh. done and then you press it mm-hmm. and so right. so you That's think it. that their pitch is easy so what is the, what is their actual pitch well no but we well i would say that the pitch to get your friends in is easy the pitch for them to get you in is just like fly fly x-wings around it's almost yeah and again this is pitched to non-miniature gamers right yep that's the pitch for getting someone into the game who might not already be a miniature gamer all right i just want to go and look and see what the x-wing you know how fantasy flight sells it all right so if we go and share yeah Go look at this because just for completion control the most advanced starfighters and outstanding pilots in this in the galaxy you take the role of a squad leader and command a group of merciless imperial or daring rebel pilots in a furious ship to ship space combat with pictures of the miniatures right there yep flash short it's a short time period easy right easy to fit in Mm -hmm. two players all the miniatures are there They've almost got like the icons that you would expect on a board game. Yeah, this is literally sold to board gamers, which makes sense because Fantasy Flight at that time when they were doing it was basically a board game company, right? Yep. And yeah, we've talked about this before. That's not it's not quite as like a full fledged miniature game, maybe because you don't have to paint it. Mm -hmm. And there's a few. I think you can treat it as, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the hobby aspect. So to us, it doesn't. It's not the full hobby. But that's because we treat miniature gaming as more than just the game. Yeah, but it totally has like the army building aspect to it, where you have to buy the miniatures and then build an army list that has all like unique mm-hmm. points, values, upgrades, and all that. Yeah, so. and they have a million cards and different things to make them different. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. Everything, you know, easy, get in there, just, just buy a few miniatures and you're in there and you can play. You don't have to even paint them. Yep. All right. So that's just, so they've got good, they have good marketing. They're fantasy flight. They nailed is it. it is it good marketing or is it a good product? Oh, it's a good product too. I would say actually the thing is a good product. Their marketing is not super good. It's, it's descriptive and whatever, right? <laughs> but it's because the product in many ways sells itself to all of these players that would not necessarily get into the hobby. Yeah, now I just... do feel like they have a big problem in two ways. And this is why I feel like it kind of died down in terms of the game. Um, like in terms of sales and everything. Uh, one, X-Wing is limited property. And it's based on content that other people create. So you literally cannot create it, right? Unless you are, like, you can't create new, although they did, I think, create a couple. But, like, you generally can't create your own content to, to continue to have people buy new, new uh, ships, right? No, not really. But for a small game, it doesn't make sense that they expand indefinitely, so... Well, but they, they're trying, right, to oh, yeah. continue on. And then the second thing is um, because they don't have the hobby aspect, it's much harder to hook people in for the long term, right? Because they play the game, they play that out, and there's not the, there's, there's not the back and forth that you have where, where you have a synergistic hobby where you, you, you move back and forth. If you get too tired about the game, you, you move into hobbying. If you get too hard, tired of hobbying, you play the game right? So it's a synergistic thing that keeps you in the mindset of playing, uh, playing X or playing a miniature game forever, right? As like, it can be an infinite hobby because it allows you to stretch different parts of your brain if you get tired of one. Whereas X-Wing, because it's only, because it's so easy, how it's easy is it cut out a, a whole chunk of the hobby. It's now only one thing. It literally is only a game and collecting, to be fair. Yeah, so it suffers from the same thing boards games suffer of that eventually you you get tired of playing the same thing. Yep. Although and, you do have the collecting thing, so that it probably is a little bit better in terms of longer term than a, a pure game game. Yeah, when a new ship comes out, you want to try it out and see what works. Well, you might want to just put it on your shelf because you like the miniatures, right? Yep, that too. But I feel like there's a problem in the fact that, you know, X-Wing only has a certain number of miniatures and then you're done. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so we, we talked about a whole bunch of different ways, their elevator pitch and everything like that. What do you feel like... Um, so, so we have uh, our game, right? Uh, our skirmish fight game. How, how do we uh, sum up that um, game, basically? How do we sell that game? Or, or what is our elevator pitch for this game, at least currently, right? Of course, we're, we're thinking about it, and, and, and where did we come from, and, and how do we generally sell it, and think that it's interesting. So it's obviously, we're not making miniatures, and the, the intent to do that is fairly low, mm-hmm. but it's more about creating the like small fantasy adventure band, adventurer's band, mm-hmm. that you want to play. So mm-hmm. if you have an like your undead army or even image of like your rogues or like your pack of dogs led by someone that you can, you can create your custom fantasy. Like I don't think war band is the right name for it. It's probably more like, you can just call it war band. I think it's fine. Yeah. War bands. Okay. Adventurers, travelers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, openness in terms of, of building your army the way that you want it to do. 
to to look like, right? Yeah, it's not just about select profiles existing. It's about being able to take, like, create profiles that represent your figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rules aren't so so complicated that it's going to take you forever to sort of, mm-hmm. oh, he needs to have this weapon for two points, and then he's going to have a leather helmet for another three points. Yeah. It's just about give them, like, this guy's tougher, this guy's faster. Mm-hmm. To get your yeah. guys on the board that you want to play with. So I, I think um, the idea of being able to customize and take the things that match your what you want to bring is in the in a game that is as simple to play uh, or simple to pick up and play as possible. So I think when we when we started this this thing, a lot of it was I was finding I was trying to you know get my uh, nephew into playing more games or playing miniature games. And I found that a lot of the games out there was a little bit complicated, right? And even though, you know, he's, he's smart and he could, he could probably pick it up, I'm like, a lot of this is just, you know, and with a lot of it is unneeded complexity, right? And we're just used to it because we played this so long. So the idea of making the game as simple as to, to play as possible, I think that was actually originally our, our, our idea of playing it, right? It's like, do we need all of this kind of craft? Well, let's just boil it down to as simple as possible. So you can go into playing the game and the strategy as much as uh, playing the game for strategy as opposed to just memorizing the rules, right? Or, or trying to, to memorize the rules. Yeah, it's not about trying to tweak things exactly to get the best army. It's about bringing the type of army you want. Yeah, and then the other thing, I think as we, we continued to develop the game and we, you know, we leaned really heavily into the, the that single player kind of idea with uh, building up is uh, the game revealing itself as you play. Yep, and now we're thinking of that whole idea and then trying to bring that into the single player because the single player having very... Uh, like, the, yeah, the multiplayer. Oh, sorry, the multiplayer, yep, into the versus mode. Yeah, and I think I think like bring that more, accentuating that right because we talked about, um, well, we've talked about how the game um, keeping the game simple. What is the best like if you're talking about trying to pick up the game from from zero? You want to keep the game as simple as possible to get straight to the game playing right. You don't want to have to memorize all these charts or all these kind of different things. And then on top of that, though, you still want that deep complexity of, of gameplay. And then what kind of gameplay do you really? Um, what is the easiest way to add uh, a, the deep complexity of the game and the strategy uh, and the feeling like you're outwitting your opponent without actually having to make them force people to learn like tons of charts, like in Battletech or, or a whole bunch of tiny little special rules, like in War Machine. So, yeah, so, so at that point, it's got to be about playing your opponent, not about just mm-hmm. like learning the most knowledge or about building the most min-maxed army it's got to be about who can like how well can you like come up with a plan and just know your opponent's plan yeah so the idea is to lean away from uh arcane knowledge right something like you know when you play and and everything is open not well to have basically secret secret uh, information and maybe missions change over time so that um the things that keep things interesting are like the missions that are kind of uh, switch things up as opposed to making the person have to memorize all of the stuff just to play this game, this thematic game, right? So you think about like ch- even chess or, or go where the, the game is simple, actually being able to play it strategically requires so much overhead, like what do you call it? 
basically like arcane knowledge right or war machine or all these kind of things or i've been playing league of legends recently and i'm like oh my god there's so much arcane knowledge here whereas what you really want is like something like kind of poker where the game that the the rules are relatively simple but the complexity is super deep because you have to play the strategy right yeah because you don't know so you have to play that like the the figuring out what your opponent is trying to to do right it's the bluffing and the reading your opponent is the big part of the game yeah which basically means that most war games have like what's on the table is what's on the table Mm -hmm. so in order to craft something like that there's got to be lots of elements of the game that are off the table which doesn't mean they have to be super complicated yeah but there basically has to be something like a lot of game going on off the table which is a lot which happens on board games a lot so yeah the secret information so if you look think about it like Think about like poker, right? A lot of the game is literally you're looking at your cards and you're looking at their cards and they put in a bet, right? And you're, the, the game is literally, do I think they have an ace or not? Or do they, I think they have a three or not? And then you're like, wait, but if they had a three, why would have they bet so heavily when the three only came on the river, right? Then or the turn. I don't know. I don't really, I haven't played it in a while. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm playing miniature games. Don't hate me. Cause I don't remember how to play uh, uh, Texas Hold'em. But the idea is like that kind of, of interplay, when you add in that secret information, you can really do it well. So here's the thing. So we've, we've talked generally about the game uh, and what we want to sell it. What is the elevator pitch? Sum that stuff up for me. Three sentences, two sentences. So I think it's, Create your, or bring your fantasy war band to life and, and compete with your friends or take off on your own solo adventures. Uh-huh. And then this is a game that basically reveals itself as you play through the story or like the hidden or hidden elements you've, you've built. Okay. Let me, let me see if I can like distill that a, a bit more. I, obviously, it's easier if I write that down, but um, bring your own fantasy warband into bring your own fantasy warband or play your own fantasy warband uh, in a simple well, simple to play no, it's not, not great. It's got to be about it being your own because lots yeah, of most play your own fantasy warband uh, in a simple, straightforward game that reveals itself as you play. Yeah, that's the first sentence. It's or simple you. to pick up, or maybe the problem with simple. Maybe we shouldn't use the word simple, but like in an easy to pick up game that reveals itself as you play. Yep, because we're saying it should be accessible to like kids or like absolute beginner war gamers without them having to read through tomes to start playing so, so play it, your own fantasy war band in an easy to pick up game that reveals itself as you play yeah something like that obviously having talked about this and seeing how how you know other companies do it um we can refine that thing but the idea is is there mm-hmm. right so simple, bring your own stuff. Game reveals itself as you play and you discover the game. Yep. All right. Uh, so we got to work on, uh, apparently we got to work on refining this pitch. 
for this thing. And it, I think it is interesting just to see all the different games. And, and honestly, it helps even at, just as a gamer to understand how you want to pitch it to other people, right? Because again, you know, sometimes, you know, miniature games require a lot of, um, a lot of uh, investment. So being able to refine that pitch to bring people, new people in is really, really important. I think we've talked about this before, right? When you're trying to get new people in, you need that elevator pitch and seeing how the game, like how the, the, the creators do it, mm-hmm. or just analyzing how people get into the game is important. So you can, you know, convince that random person in your, your game shop or your friend to get into there. Into yeah, like that. yeah, and maybe like even telling people it's a game they can play with their kids. Mm-hmm. or take on challenges themselves because a lot of the, a lot of even like Warcry, you'd be hard pressed to get like an 11 year old to take that up yeah i feel like there's there's some weird i guess it's pitched to adults who are too busy right and they just need a small game because that game is so um that game is so uh what do you call it violent looking yeah, <laughs> it, it, it has a very gruesome look to it mm-hmm. all right all right so anything else no i think that's all right cool a lot of things gw came out better than they usually come out for yeah. when we talk about things yeah this is like i feel like their strength one of their greatest strengths right i don't i don't think we said any this is the first time where we basically just gushed about games workshop and how well how good they are what, what, how good they are! How good they are duping people to get into their games. Yeah, exactly. Whether their games are, are good or not is another question. Exactly. All right. So yeah, if you have any kind of uh, games or, or 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 that you think are really cool or 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 that you think you could give us the well that that you want to tell us about, give us uh, an elevator pitch about the game, and uh, we'll take a look. Yeah, be interesting to see. All right. This has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Oops. Okay, done. We're at the end. If you want to uh, reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook at Dice Over Everything. Uh, join our group at Dice Over Everything group, or you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah, and if you want to see what we're working on, you can go to diceovereverything.com. Uh, so, yeah. That's it. Thanks for listening. Bye.